0: hello good evening i don't know if it's morning or afternoon where you are but good evening to all of you thank you so much for joining me again what a blessing to hang out with you it's been a while but we came back last week and it's been really amazing to hear the things that god is doing so why don't you do what you know we do every time we get together you let all our friends know that we are on that we are on and we are ready to start. Go ahead and share, share with friends, share with family, share on groups, on your status, and let someone know that God is serving his word. I am simply the delivery woman. (laughs) So go ahead and do that. And as you do, why don't we just welcome the Holy Spirit? Uh, Remember that it's not that we are telling him to come, but we are recognizing his presence the way you welcome a guest. When they come into your home, you say, you're welcome. And so we are recognizing his presence wherever you are because he's the one who opens up the word of God to us. He's the one. Without him, we are just motivational speakers. But when he comes, he breathes life into the word and he's the one who has the ability to change our lives. No one has the power to change a life of a person but God. So why don't you go ahead and just welcome him. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you into every school, every restaurant, every Um, every taxi, every car, every office, every home, every road where we are listening to your word from, Lord, you are most welcome. We depend on you to open your word to us, to make it clear and to give us the ability both to will and to do according to your good pleasure. Lord, we remember what we've read in your word about the different kinds of soils, people who heard your word and what it did in their life. Father, we ask that we will be the soil that is fruitful, that the word will not be stolen from us through distractions or offense, that the word will not be stolen from us after we've started to see a little bit of fruit and the cares of this world come. Lord, I pray especially for those who feel like they are tired, like they've they try to do what you say and they keep failing. Holy Spirit, that you will empower us, that it's, we will not look to ourselves, but we will look to you to both work in us every time, like you worked in Apostle Paul, to labor abundantly and to do according to your will. Someone go ahead and just surrender. Even as you are about to listen to the word, you're like, ah, but for me, I know myself. I hear the word and I don't do what it says. That's not your portion. It's not who you are. Just start to speak back and to say, I I, I do what the word of God says. It works in my life. I will, I will live by the word. I will obey the word of the Lord. Go ahead and do that. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your word is life, your word is power, your word is what transforms us. It's the seed that enters and produces a completely new life in us. And so may it work in us, may it be fruitful in us, may there be clear fruit that is seen. May our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify you our Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Wow, I hope your heart is open and ready. I want to get straight into the word as I get into it remember our deal that we are always in the word of God there's a scripture I think it's in Colossians 3:16 that I was meditating on today that let the word of God dwell in you richly that little word let it means to allow to permit uh, to make room for when I say let me pass it means allow me to pass make room for me to pass you know in other words it's in your power how much word is in your life you know it's in your power because you have to give it time you have to give it room you have to give it attention yes and so let the word of god dwell in you not just in trickles but richly to be that person who you don't let a day pass without hearing your pastor's voice they should be in your ears there are summons all over there they are on instagram they are on podcast they are on youtube they are all over so to let allow the word of god to dwell in you richly to live in you to make its home in you richly not in small forms richly is in abundance in large measure in big doses that that's that's what is going to change our lives. When the word of God dwells in us richly, it means that we have so much light in our life, like how during the day you can move quickly, but at night you slow down. It means that when there's little word in your life, there's little um, light in your life, and if there's little light in your life, your progress is slow, labored, and hindered. And so if you want to see a lot of progress in your life, get into the word a lot hear lots of the word, chunks of it, hide it in your heart that you may not sin against God. If you want to overcome sin in your life, have so much word in you. The more word you take in, that seed cannot allow sin to continue in your life. And so, that's what David says in Psalm 119 verse 11, that your word I have hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So when God's word is hidden in your heart, where it becomes it has a home in your heart, sin reduces, sin being not the nature of sin which is only taken away by the blood of Jesus but the acts of sin like the desire for sin your desires are changed to be the desires of Jesus and that's not really what we are talking about today but that's something that as a believer should be your message daily you know that old song read your bible pray every day if you want to grow that we sang in Sunday school it is true that the word and prayer are like food to the believer daily food And Jesus actually talks um, when when the enemy comes to tempt him, which happens to you every day, you're tempted to fear, you're tempted to be offended, you're tempted to be sluggish, you're tempted to gossip, you're tempted to all sorts of temptation come to us every single day. But Jesus showed us how to overcome temptation. it was by the word of God, he says to the devil, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, the way you must eat to survive, even when you're fasting, usually you must break the fast eventually, otherwise if you deny your body of food consistently, eventually you will die, food and water, and the word of God is called bread, it's also called living water, and so it means that it is, it is a necessity for the believer, the word of God, that you will not live by only. Every time you eat food, remember, your spirit is also hungry. Yeah, so by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we're going to get into uh, the word of God together. That's what we do. If you're new here, welcome. Yes, you're most welcome. And we're just going to get into what the word of God says to us. Now, I have been part of Worship Harvest Ministries since it began, since before it began to be a church. And, it's, and, and um, the, the message that we, that, we have, that we have been hearing lately, the last two years, our, our apostle, Apostle Mose, has been teaching a lot on serving God. And I think <laughs> that's why Paul would say, it is not burdensome for me to repeat myself, that the more he has repeated himself, it's like I've started to see everywhere in the word of God that God calls us to serve him. So there's this particular thing I want to talk about that's been on my heart for months. And And that's the message I want to talk about today, our unique assignment. I want to talk about our unique assignment. Since I was younger, the question that I asked myself and that I've found many people asking themselves, especially Christians, even people who don't believe in God, they always have this question in their hearts. Why am I here? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Have you had that question? I have had it. I've had it as a pastor. I used to hear it as a student. I have had it as a worship leader. I've had it as a mother. I've had it as a friend. It's a question that everyone gets to, and that question is a God question. It's like purpose is crying out in you saying, I must be expressed. Like, why am I here? I don't want to just live my life based on some story and find out that I was supposed to live this way and I ended up the other way. And for me, that thing troubled me for many years the question of purpose. I used to feel like, oh my God, I have no purpose. I have no purpose. Because this is what I understood to be purpose. I understood purpose to be career. I understood purpose to be who I marry. I understood purpose to be um, how much money I made. I understood mostly career for me. That's what I understood purpose to be. because people would say, my purpose is to be a medical doctor. My purpose is to be an engineer. My purpose is to be a lawyer. My purpose is to be a nurse. My purpose is to be a social worker. My purpose is to be an athlete. My purpose is to be a world-renowned writer. My purpose is to be an actor. Have you heard this? My purpose is to be a pilot. Like, for me, that's what I really understood. I don't know about you. But it seemed like purpose was tied to an assignment out of a career. In other words, if you didn't have a career assignment, or, or it was my purpose is to be a pastor, my purpose is to be an evangelist. So it was like our purpose was outside of who we are. Uh, you see, when you look at the life of Jesus, you start to see that he was given to us as a pattern. That as he is, so are we in this world. Let me ask you a question that has just come to my mind, and I believe it's from the Holy Spirit. When you look at the life of Jesus, what is the statement God the Father made about Jesus over and over to affirm him in his ministry? What do you remember it to be? Do you remember it to be that this is my worker? Did he ever say this is my, I don't know, healer? This is my miracle worker? This is my, what is the one thing that God opened the heavens about? I think three times affirming who Jesus was. He says, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. What I'm hearing right now in the realm of the spirit is that purpose flows out of identity. Wow. Purpose flows out of identity. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Your assignment comes out of who you are. It's not outside of who you are. You're not first a Christian, then a doctor. Because you're a believer whatever you do flows out of your sonship purpose flows out of identity in other words until your identity is clear purpose cannot come it cannot be sure you have to first be sure of who you are that's that's a thing that God affirms is sonship it's your he says uh, that that everyone who believes in him the, the, he's given the right to be called a child of god and if you're a son, then you're an heir. You have an inheritance. And from inheritance comes purpose. Because Jesus walked in the power of God because he was a son of God. Every assignment, everything he did, and I'm going to show you uh, maybe two or three scriptures. There's too much scripture. We're going to do this thing for a while, I believe. But we're going to talk a lot about our unique assignment in different forms and ways. So let me take you back to Jesus, right? Jesus. He, he did what he did, he even said, I only do what I see the father do. Like his assignment was from, he didn't call him my lord, my master, ever. My, 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 he called him father. That when you identify as a child of God, as a son or a daughter, you engage in the family business. <laughs> Everything you do becomes about the family business. And what's the family business? It's the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom? What is a kingdom made of? What makes kingdoms strong? Is it how much money they have? The money comes from somewhere. Everything, a kingdom is made of people. The more people you have, the larger the kingdom, the stronger the kingdom. And then the more empowered the people are, the more empowered the kingdom is. If the people are wealthy, the kingdom is wealthy. If the people are weak, the kingdom is weak. But a kingdom is people. When, when they say that we seek the kingdom of God, it's we seek souls. The kingdom of God is people. Kingdoms are made of people. If you say the Baganda, the, the, the Zulu, the, those are people groups. That's what makes kingdoms. <laughs> it, it, it's not a, a, a geographical area. It's people in that geographical area. So that is such as the kingdom of God. From the very beginning, the assignment for Adam and Eve was to expand the kingdom of God. And when God rescues the nation of Israel from the hand of of, of their, they had been in captivity for hundreds of years. And and when God sends their deliverer, who is Moses, he he says, let my people go. Why? Why? You see, the one thing that they couldn't do, the one thing that they couldn't do while they were in in captivity, I think it's, is it Exodus 8, 1? Let's try and see. Yes, Exodus 8, 1. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. The reason God set you free from your sin. And I had I this verse taught this way for the first time, it was this year, by, by my, my, my pastor, Apostle Mose. He says, he, he told us about how the only reason why God moved the children of Israel out of Egypt was that they may serve him. And the children of Israel are a picture of the believer. Egypt is a place of bondage, living in sin, bondage to the devil, and then crossing uh, the, the Red Sea is, is a picture of God, of, of the washing, the baptism of, 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 of water. God cleansing us from our old sins and us entering our land of promise. And our land of promise is not heaven, because in heaven you don't fight to take territory. Our land of promise is here on earth, taking territory for the kingdom of God, multiplying his domain until the whole world is the kingdom of our God. And so... He says, Exodus 8:1, let my people go that they may serve me. I want you to think about the children of Israel. When they left Egypt, they left with wealth. They left with clothes which never grew old. They had protection by day and by night. They had all the f- God would provide food daily, fresh bread every day from heaven. It fell from heaven. And when they wanted meat, He gave them so much meat that their nostrils were like, they were vomiting meat like it had nothing they didn't leave egypt so that they could work they didn't leave egypt to be wealthy they didn't leave egypt they were entering a land that was already full of wealth god actually made sure they left egypt with wealth the wealth of the egyptians so why did they leave egypt what is the one thing they could not do while in egypt they could not serve god let me tell you the things that we chase after that's why i'm talking about our unique assignment we've been deceived Believers, my brothers and sisters, we've been deceived. The one thing we cannot do when we are in the world is serve God. We can't serve God as sons and daughters. We really cannot serve his purpose. We can make money. In fact, the people in the world, the things that we chase after, after we get born again, the things that are filling your prayer life, the things that are filling your your meditation and thoughts are things that the world chases after. They don't need to know God. You don't need to be born again to know God to make lots of money. People make money. For us, we have a supernatural age. When we we are children of God, we make supernatural money that we don't even work for. But you can actually become wealthy. You know wealthy people who don't believe in God. You can be married without knowing God. You can have children without knowing God. You can build houses without knowing God. You can have a thriving career without knowing God. What is the one thing that is unique to us? That's why I called it our unique assignment. What is our purpose on the earth? Our purpose is to serve God. Our purpose is to increase the kingdom of our God. Our purpose is to be about our father's business. But it begins with identity. Do you identify yourself first as a child of God? I stopped identifying for very many years now. I can't remember when I stopped thinking of myself as a Ugandan, thinking of myself as the tribe I belong to, thinking of myself as someone from the natural family I come from, I find that I think of myself as a kingdom citizen, as someone who is here on assignment to bring the kingdom of God on earth, to bring more sons to glory. I think of David, Acts 13, 36. It talks about after David had served his purpose in his generation by the will of God. There is a will of God concerning your purpose in your generation and that the will of god i'm going to show it to you it's all over the scriptures i'm going to show it to you it's all over the scriptures that our unique assignment is serving god by becoming people who are constantly spreading the light of god who are constantly bringing souls to god making disciples going out, making, bringing people to Jesus, having a testimony at your workplace, you're not there to make money. And let me tell you, that day you flip, which I hope is today, and you realize that I'm at my workplace solely to bring the kingdom of God in my workplace, you will see promotion. You will see favor. That's what I saw. That when you're there and you realize, you, you recognize that I'm not here just to make money because God can get the money to me. This is my avenue. God has placed me here to serve him. You start going to work early and praying. You will start finding ways to invite your workmates to the church you go to. You start finding ways to create a fellowship at work. You will find ways to use some tools from your church, like if you're from Worship Harvest. Teach people straightforward financial growth. Gather them and say, let's meet every morning at 7 a.m. I want to teach you some stuff that we are learning. At our church that has helped me grow in my finances hopefully you're growing and you've been doing the assignments and people want to learn about that marriage relationships teach them and then ask how you can pray for people and then start inviting them we are on assignment guys Jesus did not come here to blast did he blast yes Jesus wore very expensive clothing Jesus had an accountant on his team to take care of money which means he had lots of money but that wasn't his full assignment As he is, so are we in this world. Jesus, he came here to fulfill a particular assignment. And then he left behind brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, that we may continue the work. And I'm going to show you, hopefully, a couple of scriptures that show you that we are not here he says in Matthew 6:33 that seek first the kingdom of God after he has been saying stop worrying about your life many of us we can't serve God because we are worried about our lives we're worried about what we will eat we're worried about what we will wear and I've been there but you know what that worry doesn't take you anywhere if you can be about your father's business and you be on the payroll of heaven you will have the resources that you need to live your life. God cannot have you taking care of his kingdom and he doesn't take care of you. It's not possible. It's really not possible. There is no one in the scriptures who you see who served God and lived miserably. It's not there. There would have been a pattern for us to know that you're going to suffer. He says that you will have lots of things but with persecution. To be aware that you'll be wealthy, you'll have friends, you'll have great relationships, you'll have fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, What with persecution, houses, possessions. But there is a promise for those who choose to serve God. And let me tell you, serving God, I used to think that it was a calling for a select few. But to serve God as a believer is for every child of God. And let me show you the scripture for it. I've not yet even gone to our main text today, so pray for me. But I'm laying the foundation because I know that this is a place of great deception for many of us in the church. And I was one of those. I thought it was assignment, you know, your duty or your assignment or your purpose was a career. But it's not in the Bible. There's nothing in the scriptures that shows us that our careers are our purpose. Purpose flows out of identity. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then Jesus went and began his ministry. Out of identity. So once you identify as a child of God, you are recruited into the workforce of heaven and your assignment begins. And I'm going to show you what the scriptures show us that once you get into that assignment, you are on the payroll of heaven and you're guaranteed to get whatever you want from the father because you're part of the workforce. And there is there are different privileges for sons and for those who are sons and laborers. And again, we're going to get into the detail of that. But first I want to show you that The assignment of working for God or being a servant of God is for all God's children. It's not for a select few who have received a unique assignment. The unique assignment is for all God's children. And if we all were about our father's business, the world would be different. But we've become distracted. We are chasing the thing God has not asked us to chase. We are chasing what the world is chasing. We have embraced the success, what the world defines as success to be true. And yet what the world calls success is chasing over stuff, chasing after stuff. And yet for us, stuff is supposed to chase after us. So Ephesians 4, let's start from verse 11. I won't go too far because this one, if we get into it, we will not go anywhere. This is talking about what Jesus did. He says, and he himself, that is God, gave some to be apostles, some prophets. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? "For For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let's stop right there. What's the point of having apostles and prophets and evangelists and, and 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 pastors and teachers? They are there to equip the saints, who are the saints. All the believers are saints. When Paul is writing letters, he says to the saints at Ephesus, to the saints at Corinth, to the saints at wherever. Why? He's writing to all the body of Christ, the entire body of Christ. The the work of your pastor is not to be the only one called to do the work of ministry. Actually, the pastor is there to equip you, the saint, that you may do the work, the labor, the assignment of ministry. It is for every child of God. Every child of God is called to be part of the workforce of heaven. And let me tell you, our generation, we've become consumers. We've become consumers. We are consumers. We are no longer workers. (laughs) <laughs> and that's why the kingdom of God is losing its power we have conformed to the world so much that we admire the world we look like the world we are like the children of Israel who never made it to the land of promise because they desired to go back to Egypt so much they desired to go back to Egypt and that's many of us that's it we want what people in the world have we don't admire what God has given those people who are in in his workforce and so We are all supposed to be part of the workforce of heaven, laborers, laborers, the laborers are few, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So I hope that that has showed you that you are also part of the workforce. (laughs) Yeah, you ask yourself, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I here to do? You are here to propagate the kingdom of your father. You are a son, be about the business of your father. The business of heaven is not marriage yes it is part of marriage even marriage when you look at at uh, the book of malachi chapter 2 he talks about why do you why do they get married that they may have godly offspring the point of marriage in the kingdom is that you reproduce children who also serve god everything god is about his kingdom let me tell you something god is about his kingdom and if you choose to focus on his kingdom he will focus on you of course he'll take care of you as a child if you're if you're in the home you'll be you if you're not part of the workforce but there are privileges you can't get if you don't choose to also be about your father's business at your workplace in your school are you part of the school fellowship are you living your life in a way that glorifies god and that you are also part of the workforce you're serving on a team you're inviting people to church you're evangelizing you have a group of young people that you're making disciples of if you're in school and they're senior one students you know take them on Take on 10 of them and start doing life with them, teaching them the scriptures, helping them at school, making sure that they are comfortable and recruit them into the workforce of heaven. Or at university, first years. You know, it's it's that look around for opportunity everywhere you are. There is opportunity to propagate the kingdom of God. Are you using your social media to propagate the kingdom of God? We are supposed to be about our father's business. If indeed we are sons of God. And you know for me it's that look at jesus the way he lived is the way we are supposed to live he lived preaching teaching healing that's what our work is supposed to be everywhere we are that your job is an undercover thing to help you infiltrate that workplace with the love of god to help people people find out that they are loved to help people connect to the love of god all of us that is that's your purpose in case you've been wondering why am i here your purpose is not to just is not to be a medical doctor no your purpose is not to be a lawyer your purpose is not to be an engineer your purpose is not to be a social worker a business person that is just the thing you wear like jesus was a carpenter but that's not what we remember him for (laughs) remember him for the kingdom of god and the impact he had that's the point you're a businessman to support the work of meaning not to support when i say that some people think it's just to give money yes you should but it's also your workplace are there fellowships if that is the the, are you telling people about jesus is your life making people ask questions are you doing what what business people in christ do the point of your life is to serve god the point why god set you free is that you may serve him in your generation that's the point let me show you the scripture because as he is so are we in this world i want to show you two verses two scriptures not verses two portions of scripture one Is the main one, John 15, 16. I think if you've been around me lately, that is like one of the verses I am teaching about a lot because it hit me. I don't know, there's so much revelation in this scripture. John 15, 16. And it says, you did not choose me. This is Jesus. These are the words of Jesus from his mouth. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I didn't just choose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Why? That whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. Now, hold up just, just a moment. We are going to go bit by bit. I want you to see that this entire verse is about, the whole chapter, first of all, is about fruitfulness. It's about bearing fruit, okay? And that's the thing that God says to Adam and Eve in the beginning, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, feel it, and have dominion. It begins with fruitfulness. Your assignment on the earth is to be fruitful. Okay? And so that entire chapter is about fruitfulness. And Jesus says, you did not choose me. First of all, your assignment begins with you being chosen by God. It begins with you identifying as a child of God. Now, for me, this whole scripture shows me the process of choosing people to work in like a great company. First of all, you can't work in a company where you've not been chosen to work there. You go through an interview process and there are usually many candidates and then you're chosen. Let me tell you something. If you have known God in your generation, it means you've been chosen by God. It means you've been chosen by God. But now when it comes to serving God, there is real choice. Think about David. His brothers come and line up the most handsome, the tallest, I don't know what. One by one, God says, I've not chosen that one. I've not chosen that one. I've not chosen that one. Meaning when God is going to give an assignment, he goes through a process of making a choice. Now, Jesus, God God makes a choice of, of Jesus to come and die on the cross for us. And and when it comes to you and I, God makes a choice and says, you have made sure that you're born in this generation. You're going to this particular church because I have an assignment for you in your generation. Of course, the assignment for all of us is to be fruitful, is to increase the kingdom of God. But it's going to look different for all of us. So the assignment is going to look different for all of us at different times. So he says, you did not choose me. So first of all, for me, it's a feeling of privilege that if I am serving God in my generation, I'm not helping the kingdom. I have been chosen. That there was a process that was gone through and I was chosen. You did not choose me, but I chose you. God has chosen you just like he chose David. That's why the Bible says when David had served his purpose in his generation, by the will of God, he fell asleep. By the will of God. Do you know that you can miss your purpose in your generation? So David served his purpose in his generation. What about you? And we know that David increased the kingdom of God in his generation. He propagated it. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. For me, I see a process. You get chosen in the interview process. You even testify. They chose me. To serve, I don't know, where, wherever it is in that organization that means so much to you. Now, why don't we feel privileged to be chosen to serve God in his organization of the kingdom? Why do we feel like that one is below us? That one is, um, yeah, I don't feel like I can do that stuff. It's a choice. God has chosen you in your generation to serve him. And then he says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. After choosing, what's the next thing? Appointment. You get an appointment later. I appointed you. And the appointment letter usually has a job description. And here he's telling you what the job description is. This is such a nice verse. You're chosen, you're appointed, and then you have a job description. Go and bear fruit and fruit that lasts. That's the job description for every believer. Bearing fruit that lasts. And then he says, once you do that, this will be your salary. The appointment letter also usually has how much you get paid. It's usually at the bottom. They first tell you the work. Then they tell you, The salary he says that once you have uh, why why have I chosen you appointed you and given you a specific job description which is bearing fruit that lasts which fruit lasts first of all guys the fruit that lasts is not houses the fruit that lasts is not wealth the fruit that lasts is not friends the fruit that lasts is not I don't know whatever it is all those things pass away the fruit which lasts and gets and finds you in heaven is souls is the people that you influenced into the kingdom. That's the fruit which lasts. Okay? And that's why Proverbs 11.30 says that the tree of the righteous is, 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 the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who, who wins souls is wise. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree full of lives. That's your fruit. A tree full of lives. Can you imagine a cheap, big tree? full of souls and that's why he says and he who wins souls is wise in other words if you don't win souls you're not wise he who wins souls is wise you're not here to pass time you're not here to chase after uh, after career no that is supposed to be a window or a, a doorway for you to get in and bring the kingdom of God wherever God has placed you and so he says that why did he choose you why did he appoint you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain why so that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give you this is what gets you on the payroll of heaven you see if there is a family company and i am a family member but i don't work in the company i can't get paid a salary i may get dividends but i won't get a salary I won't get certain privileges in that company health insurance i don't know trips to where i will go home and there will be food for me my parents will give me clothes i'll have shelter but i will not have the privileges of the people who work in the family business if i want those privileges i must get appointed i get an appointment letter a specific assignment and get on the payroll many of us want the privileges of people who are on the payroll of heaven but we want to only remain as children in the family who don't want to get involved in the family business listen if you want to get the privileges of those who are in the family business get in the family business the family business is souls god saved you rescued you brought you into him that you may rescue others it's even there in 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 isaiah when when they're talking about the coming messiah jesus they say that he's going to come to heal the brokenhearted to to set the captives free Why? that those ones who he has saved also will go and rebuild all ruins. The point of you getting saved is that you may save others. The point of you getting born again is that you may bring others into, into salvation. The point of you finding out yourself, your, your marriage getting better is that you help others have better marriages. Not that you just have yours and it's nice. The point of you being a child of God is to bring many others to become children of God. It's not just about your career. It's not just about your family. It's not just about whatever it is that consumes you. What must consume us is the kingdom of God to ask yourself where I am has the kingdom of God come? Are others coming to know Jesus? Is my social media full of messages of hope? Am I posting in my family inboxes? Am I praying for people? Am I figuring out how to win more souls in my neighborhood? Like just to figure out Lord how can I bring more people to salvation? How can my tree have more souls on it? And let me show you Jesus. Jesus, in the book of John chapter 4, they are telling him about hunger. Oh, are you hungry? His disciples. And he says in John chapter 4 from verse 34, I'll read 34 to 36 only. Jesus says to them, listen to Jesus. And this should be your stance in life because we are children of God after the pattern of Jesus. He's the firstborn of all of, all of us after, for many sons. We are children just like Jesus. We are sons and daughters and we are supposed to do greater works than he did on the earth. And the greater works are not pursuing other things. It is doing what he did, but at a larger scale. That's why we have social media. We have things that that the apostle Paul did not have. Peter did not have. But we are not using them because we think that our purpose is something outside of our sonship. Sonship determines purpose. Because I am, I do. Because I'm a son of God, I do the business of my father. And what is God's business? God's business is people. It is souls. It is letting our light shine before men. Let's read John 4 from verse 34 to 36. Jesus said to them, and I hope this will be what they will say, that B3 said to them, that whatever your name is, said to them, (laughs) my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let me tell you, you have work. The work of ministry. I already showed it to you in Ephesians 4. All the saints are supposed to be equipped to do the work of ministry. The work of ministry. Do you then he says, Do you not say there there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the field, for they are already white for harvest. He's saying the work is souls, like the fields are ripe. Don't waste time. Don't wait for four months from today. I'll get involved in the ministry. Says the fields are ripe for the harvest right now. They are ripe for the harvest. And you know, this is what happened in the nations that brought the gospel to Africa. People now became about career. The the Bible schools became universities. The Bible universities became universities for so many secular courses that they lost the plot. You know, universities like Harvard, Harvard were actually Bible colleges. That now turned around to become, they are producing the best lawyers, the best, I don't know what. These were places for equipping ministers. And now those same places, those same countries right now are calling themselves secular nations. Why? The workforce started to admire the world so much and thought that their purpose was to have a career as opposed to winning souls. And we became so silent until now Africans who they brought the gospel to must go back and evangelize the West. Because they've completely lost it. That's how it begins, when we go silent, when the workforce of heaven reduces and reduces in a generation, until people arise who don't know God. That won't happen on our watch, not in our generation. We are going to be the generation that has missionaries going to the ends of the earth from every nation of the world, going out there, going undercover as people who have a job, but you know that you're there for an assignment to open up that place for the gospel. And the Holy Spirit will show you. Because you show up and you start to pray and change the spiritual environment. I used to do that, to do that at my workplace. I would show up early and I would pray for about an hour laying hands on the, on the chairs. And then I would figure out ways to start getting people to, have, to get equipped and to, get, to open their hearts to the gospel. Invite them to church. Talk about my faith openly. Say, I can't do that because I'm a Christian. And then people start to come to you privately. And then you're able to tell them about Jesus. And I left most of the people who were there. They knew Jesus, including my boss. Because I knew that I was there. On assignment. Church begins on Monday. We are the body of Christ. If the body won't work, who will do the work? Jesus is saying that I am here to finish the work of God. Now, what are the characteristics of work? Because the field even said the laborers are few. <laughs> Verse 36 says, and he who reaps receives wages. Have you heard? He who rips receives wages. Some of you thought I'm coming up with my own revelation. That when you are appoint, you're chosen and appointed to bear fruit that lasts you on the wage bill of heaven. Let me tell you that is so clear. Jesus says the ones who reap souls, they receive wages. Not everyone is on the wage bill of heaven. All of us are children of God and he takes care of us. He's a good father. He'll give you food, clothing and shelter. Those are the basics. Bare minimum. But don't now start asking for the privilege if i came to your workplace and begged that that they add me to the payroll just because i'm a good person or because i'm a child of so and so they can't add you to the wage bill they can't add you to the payroll the payroll is for those who are contributing to the to the work of the company Even if I came and cried and I wept and I told them I'm a prayer warrior, I don't know what. They only recognize those who went through the interview process, got employed, got an appointment letter, and they show up and do the work. And those who get promoted are those who are contributing the most to the work. So even us, there are things you see some people having because they have chosen to serve God in their generation. And they are winning souls. And so heaven is sending wages. Because just like a good boss, you pay on time, your workers. So even us, we need to get on the workforce of heaven. Jesus was on the workforce of heaven. That's why certain power was available to him and resources. He could not run out of resources. And I've seen that in my life, that the more we've served God, the more we've seen abundance, which didn't make sense to me because I felt like I'd made a loss by leaving behind something. I'm not telling you to quit your job. You should stay there, but understand that your job is not, you're not there to work to earn. And I'm going to show you in a verse that has come to me. You don't work to earn. You don't work to take care of yourself. That's the work of God. You have to know that the workplace is an undercover assignment for you to bring the kingdom of God where you are. And when that thing hits you, you will see promotion. But he says, he who reaps" verse 36 of John 4, he says, and he who reaps receives wages, wages are different from fruit, and gathers fruit for eternal life. Oh, you see that fruit tree. Aye, aye, aye. That both he who sows, and he who reaps may rejoice together the one who sows and the one who the one who reaps they rejoice together why the one if you go and reap you bring in the harvest of souls you get wedges and the one who also goes around uh bringing souls to heaven also when you get to heaven you rejoice in eternal life you rejoice eternally when you get there and find throngs of people who you led to christ and they also led others to christ they made disciples they planted churches they served Listen to me, you have a gift. And very soon I'm going to talk about serving in your father's house. Because I, I realize that that's a huge thing that we need to actually talk about. Serving in your father's house. You see, many of us who serve God, maybe now as pastors or whatever, we, we didn't begin that way. Me, I was just a worship team member and an available person in the church with a job, which I did very well, but I served on the weekends. I was serving during the week. In the breaks, lunch break, I was, I was figuring out what I can do for the church. I wasn't cheating my work, but I did serve a lot. And, and it's like God continues to lead you to do more. Even you don't know how you ended up there. He changes your desires. So don't be afraid. Some of you, you're overthinking the thing. I'm going to become a pastor. What's bad about that? What, what do you think is bad about that? Do you know the amount of, of honor and privilege that comes with being a pastor? That you are on God's payroll. You're a shepherd just like Jesus was a shepherd. but begin by serving where you are. Begin by serving where you are, at your workplace, in your church, get involved, even if it's serve on a team once a week, at the very least. But be a contributor. Contribute. Win souls. Don't let a week pass without you bringing someone to Jesus. At least share someone online. Or send a voice note. Or do something. Ask someone, do you want to receive Jesus? There's someone who did that and someone said yes. And they had to go and find an audio and say, repeat what this woman says. You know, because they didn't even know how to lead someone to Christ. But they were willing. I told you I'd show you a verse about why we work. You know, many people think that you go to work to take care of yourself. (laughs) Uh, uh, You know, God is amazing. Ephesians 4.28, right down here. says... Let him who stole, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, why? That he may have something to give him who has need. Do you know why you work? That you may have something to give people in need. You don't work to take care of yourself. (laughs) God takes care of you, but we don't believe him. We think, You think of the opportunities you get, it's God who brings them. But where you labor, where you're working is that you want to... Even Paul, he worked so that he would take care of those who he was with in the ministry. But God took care of him. He said he had no need. Listen to me. We are here to serve our purpose in our generation. And our purpose in our generation is the kingdom of God god's will your 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 love your your food is to do the will of your father and to finish his work and i want to encourage you your unique assignment is souls your unique assignment is not career it is souls so i want to encourage you today what is jesus saying to you what are you going to do about it what do you need to change where you're working what do you need to change at your church what do you need to change like to change on your social media your unique assignment your purpose You don't need to ask God, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Your purpose (laughs) is to win souls, is to propagate the kingdom, is to have a tree of life. All the other things are to help you get to that. So stop worrying about if you have a purpose. If you have a purpose, your purpose is to serve God in your generation. Let my people go that they may serve me. I know it's been one of those where there are not too many amens and what, but I tell you the truth, this is a message that will change your life. It will change your life. You'll get on the payroll of heaven. That once you are someone who is about God's business, whatever you ask the Father, He will give you. Because it will be for the kingdom. You'll find that all your prayers are consumed by the kingdom stuff. It's no longer about you. His heart is now your heart. That's what Jesus says in John 15:16. That once you start to bear fruit which lasts and you mind God's business, whatever you ask the Father. He will do that's the same with matthew 6:33. seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and then all these things that you're looking for they'll be added to you it begins with choosing to serve god in your generation i want you to make a decision today and say you know what i'm going to serve god i'm going to serve god and decide how now if you have a pastor hmm, and you have their phone number you're going to tell, send them a message and say pastor i have made the commitment from today to serve in this and this space because accountability helps okay if you have a gift eh? you have a gift your gift is maybe i don't know media your gift is singing you have you're a lawyer why should your church suffer with legal matters when you're a lawyer serve use your gifts and abilities to propagate the kingdom it may not be directly telling someone about jesus sometimes it's to use your gift to make sure that the gospel can be preached like right now, do you know why you're watching this video? There are people who are making sure this thing is recorded. I don't know how to do it. They record, they, they make sure that you get it. They make sure that it's out there online. They make sure, Why? That's their gift and they are propagating the gospel that way. Not everyone is going to sit behind a camera. Not everyone is going to hold a microphone. But all of us have friends, we have family, we have workplaces, we have gifts and abilities that we can use. What, is, what do you look at in your church right now that needs help? Or, yeah, that you can do to make sure that the gospel is preached better. I'm challenging you to serve God. Serve God. That's your purpose. Your unique assignment in your generation that no one else can fulfill who doesn't know God is to serve him. Because they can't serve him if they don't know him. First you know him, then you serve him. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. And if you're watching me or listening and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to encourage you today to do that. Make that decision. Make a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And it's very simple. You believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And you're going to pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sin. And write my name in the book of life. Take my life. And do something with it. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. Welcome to the family of God. Would you send us a message on that number that's running on your screen? 0775-6424. 4 9. Let us know that today I received Jesus on faith boosters. I'm serious. Stop what you're doing and send that message. We want to pray with you, connect you to a loving family, help you make sense of what God has done in your life. Welcome to the family of God. And of course, if there's any pain in your body, any discomfort in your system, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We speak to wombs that have been closed to be open in the name of Jesus. We speak to creative minds that have been blocked to be open in the name of Jesus. We speak to um kidneys that have been failing to be made well in the name of jesus we speak to the mental state of someone you've been feeling like you're losing your mind it is well with you someone you've not been sleeping well you will sleep well tonight you'll sleep you lay down and sleep in peace it is god who causes you to dwell in safety we speak to the bones of someone you've been feeling pain in your bones we speak wellness in the mighty name of jesus it is well with you someone you've been having pain in your right foot or leg in jesus name we speak wellness to you it is well lower back pain it is healed in jesus name fibroids we curse you in the name of jesus it is well with you it is well with you we speak peace someone you've been having so much strife Strife, strife in in an environment. I think it's at work. We speak peace, peace, peace. Don't fight back. Hold your peace and trust God is going to resolve that issue. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that it is well. Every land issue that has caused problems in a family and strife, we speak that it is well. In the name of Jesus, you're not going to have to fight against each other. You are family. It is well. God is going to resolve that matter. If you're a believer and you're a child and those are older parents, don't fight. Let God fight for you. Trust me. Just don't fight. Let God fight for you. It is well. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining me. The thing that's going to give me joy is you taking action on this word. Send a message to your disciple, your pastor. Tell them, Pastor, I have this gift I want to serve in church uh, from to, from starting this Sunday. Um, or I'm joining a or community or I'm going out on evangel. I'm committing to a soul a week or a soul a month. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. But make sure that your mind is being renewed to Serving God being the main thing that you're doing in your generation and all these other things being extras or ways to help you serve God in your generation. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you again next week, same place, same time. Bye, servants of God.